Christopher Calandra, Certified Financial Planner, is an innovative, comprehensive, informative, and cutting-edge podcast that discusses financial topics ranging from personal finance, economics, politics, and personal growth. Simply Financial will cover intriguing and thought-provoking questions so that the listener can simply increase their financial IQ. This is your host, Christopher Calandra, for this episode of the Simply Financial Podcast. This is episode number five of season number two. Today's topic is portfolio rebalancing in today's market. To begin with, let's discuss what is rebalancing. According to Investopedia, it is the process of buying and selling portions of your portfolio in order to set the weight of each asset class back to its original state. So it's fairly straightforward. The classic example that I could give you is that we might meet with a client and determine that they want to have 50% of their money in stocks and 50% of their money in bonds. We will have determined that that's the right risk allocation and fits with their goals and objectives. So 50-50. Now, if you fast forward one year later, depending on what the markets do, it might turn out that there's now 55% in stocks and 45% in bonds because the stocks, as expected, outperformed the bonds. Now, the trouble with this is that the client is now more aggressive, has more of a risk posture than they had initially and what they wanted initially. So when we rebalance we would go back to the original 50-50 split and return to the original risk allocation, target allocation that we started with. That, in the simplest sense, is rebalancing. So the steps to do rebalancing uh, requires two simple ones and then a more complex one. Let's talk about the two simple ones first. Uh, You design your investment plan. You decide what your ideal mix of stocks and bonds are. And this is based on your personal situation, including your long-term goals and your risk tolerance. When you're working with a financial advisor, when you're working with me as a certified financial planner, we could walk clients and or prospects through this, and we do it all the time. But to begin with, you're designing your investment plan, deciding what your ideal mix is, between stocks and bonds. This is based on your personal situation, including your long-term goals and your risk tolerance. Step two is as the values change, you check your personal mix and you adjust your holdings to reflect your personal situation and return to your ideal mix. Again, going back to my example of the 50-50, every so often you want to come back to that 50-50. If you let one side of that 50-50 run too much, you become more aggressive and take on more risk. And so instead, on regular intervals, maybe quarterly, maybe semi-annually, maybe annually, you would return to that 50-50 in my example. So the two simple steps, design your plan, figure out how much you want to have in the different categories, It's got to be based on your own personal situation. And then step two is, as the values change, you check the mix and adjust your holdings to get back to your target allocations. So rebalancing does not assure superior investment performance. It does 
keep portfolios updated. It does help to give investors discipline. It also helps to pursue a buy, low, sell, high strategy. Because again, going back to my example, if you start out 50-50, the stocks do well. After a period of time, you're 55-45. When you rebalance back to 50-50, you're essentially selling stocks that could possibly be high, and that's why there was the run-up. And so you're taking some of those profits and putting it back into the other bucket, in my example, the bond bucket, which is typically more conservative, more stable. So that helps in the pursuit of the buy low, sell high strategy. Again, rebalancing does not assure superior performance. It does not guarantee against loss, but it is a very helpful strategy in the pursuit of long-term investment success. Now, I mentioned a moment ago that there's three steps. Two are simple. One's a trickier third step because of where the markets are today. So often when we're doing rebalancing, we're rebalancing between bonds, also known as fixed income, and stocks. Bonds in today's market is very challenging. The bond market is very challenging. Interest rates have been low for quite a while now. They've been artificially low. The Federal Reserve has done an enormous amount over these last several years during the financial crisis and after the financial crisis to keep interest rates at what I consider artificially low levels. But the Federal Reserve has begun to raise interest rates. They raised interest rates three times in 2017. They're expected to raise interest rates two to three times in 2018. The thing you have to appreciate is that bonds have an inverse relationship to interest rates. So what that means in a very simple sense is that when bond, uh, when interest rates, I should say, when interest rates go up, bond prices tend to go down. And when interest rates go down, bond prices tend to go up. It's an inverse relationship. So bonds will typically struggle in a rising interest rate environment. And that's the exact type of environment we find ourselves in. And again, I'm speaking in generalization. There are a multitude of different types of bonds, different maturities. There's a lot that goes into this. Not all bonds react the same way to interest rates. But as a general rule, know that bonds will struggle when interest rates go up and they will thrive when interest rates go down. If you think about the history of the United States going back to the 1980s, uh, beginning with 1980 through very recently, we had a very long period of declining interest rates. Uh, for those of you of the appropriate age, you could remember when mortgage rates and bank interest rates, CD rates, were double digits, 15, 16, 18 percent. But since 1980, if you were to look at a graph, you could see very convincingly that interest rates have been on the decline and they leveled out to historic lows over the last couple of years coming out of the financial crisis. 
But now many believe, including me and the rest of the team at Elliott Wealth Management, we believe that we have a notable change and that interest rates are on the rise and that will probably continue for a while, which means that what worked for bonds for a very long time is not likely to work as well or possibly not at all given that we're in a rising interest rate environment for the first time in a very long time. So one of the risks in bonds is interest rate risk. So I'd like to give you an example. Let's say that I decide that I'm going to lend you money. I'm going to lend you money and you agree you're going to pay me, let's say, a 4% interest rate. So we agree on the 4% because that's kind of the going rate in the market as best you and I can tell. So I lend you the money. You're going to pay me a 4% interest rate. And let's say in five years or maybe 10 years, the agreement calls for you to return the amount loaned back to me. So if I'm lending you $10,000 or $100,000, I would get back that $10,000 or $100,000 at a predetermined time period, say 5, 10, could be 20, 30 years, whatever. So that's the deal. Now what happens is, if we fast forward, and the going rate down the line is no longer 4%, but let's say it's 6%. Well, that means then I'm holding this bond or this loan at 4%, but I could go get a new one at 6%. Well, now my 4% one doesn't look so good anymore. Now, if I wanted to sell my 4% loan to someone else, no investor, no rational investor would likely buy my 4% bond, my 4% loan that I'm holding, if all of the new ones are at 6% or the comparable, similar ones are at 6%. They would not buy mine at 4%. So what would I have to do to entice a seller to my to buy my bond to buy my loan if I want to get rid of it I would have to cut my price I would have to give them the loan let's say the face value of the loan was $100,000 I might have to give it to them for $90,000 so then they're getting 4% which is lower than the going rate but then they'll also get paid back $100,000 on something that they only paid 90000 So hopefully I explained that well. But it's an example of if you have a bond, which is like a loan, and it's at an interest rate, if the going interest rate goes up over time, your bond becomes less attractive if you wanted to sell it. And the way that you would entice somebody to sell your lower interest rate loan or bond would be to cut the price. And so... With the Federal Reserve having raised interest rates three times in 2017 and likely to raise interest rates another two to three times this year, we're experiencing a very challenging bond market. Now, I would like to explain that there are some options at the disposal of an investor where you could do certain things in the bond marketplace. There's a strategy called laddering where you have bonds coming due at regular intervals. So when they come due, you have a chance at reinvesting them at the new, potentially higher interest rate. Uh, You can stick to bonds or loans that have shorter maturities because something 
typically that comes due, say, next year is going to be less sensitive to rising interest rates compared to something that might come due in 30 years. So we have some tools at our disposal on the maturities and getting shorter-term maturities. You could also look to alternatives, maybe not using bonds as much as you might otherwise have been using, or you could consider alternatives. So that could be stocks, it could be real estate, could be bank loans, it could be just about anything. Not that there is a silver bullet, but there are options within the bond space that we look at that we're using for clients to try and reflect what's happening in the marketplace and in the bond marketplace. So there are solutions, there are ways to minimize the risk that reflect what's happening in the marketplace today. So the three steps are design your investment plan, come up with your ideal mix. Number two, as your values change, you're going to check on your personal mix. You're going to adjust your holdings to reflect your personal solution and get back to your ideal mix. And then the third step in today's market is to be very careful when it comes to the bond portion of your portfolio because interest rates are going up and we are in an environment that we have not seen in a very long time. I'd like to take this opportunity to share with you a little bit of how we work at Elliott Wealth Management Services. We have a model portfolio program where we run portfolios for clients. We have five base portfolios that range from aggressive to conservative. So the most aggressive is the aggressive growth portfolio. Then we have the growth portfolio. Next is the balanced growth portfolio. We have the balanced income. And then lastly, the conservative income portfolio, the most conservative of the five base portfolios. When we figure out what we want to hold in these portfolios on behalf of clients, we have a rule-based system and a dynamic selection process to help us use comprehensive systems, technology. We're leveraging technology to help us dynamically select what we want to have in the portfolios. And what we're pursuing in the portfolios are risk-adjusted returns. So risk-adjusted returns is one of those fancy terms that financial people could throw around. But let me explain what I mean. Classically, if I ask someone, would you like to invest in this investment that did 10% or this other investment that also did 10%, most people, most of the time, would say, Chris, it doesn't matter. They both return 10%. But the better answer... The better answer is I want the one that got that took less risk in an effort to get the 10% rate of return. That is a good example of risk-adjusted portfolios, and it's something that we pursue in our portfolios. So we have flexibility in these portfolios. We could customize as much as needed to meet the individual needs of our clients. And part of this model portfolio program is the rebalancing. We will, on regular intervals, rebalance the portfolios. For example, we rebalanced all five of those base portfolios four times in 2017, and we've already done one rebalancing thus far in 2018, and we're not even done with the month of January. 
the expectation is we will probably rebalance four times in total in 2018. We do have some discretion depending on what's going on. We may do more or fewer rebalancing, but four is typically the right number for us in our system. When we're doing rebalancing, think about the example going back to 50-50. We are very sensitive and mindful of the tax impact of all of our changes in trading. If the rebalancing is taking place in some type of tax-sheltered account, like an IRA, a 401k, or even a variable annuity, then taxes are not an issue. But in an instance, and there are lots of examples of this when I think about our clientele here at Elliott Wealth, is that when we're in a taxable account, we want to be very careful not to create taxes needlessly and to be really cautious about the tax impact of the rebalancing. But the rebalancing is another way that we're doing risk-adjusted portfolios because the purpose of the rebalancing is to help us and our clients stick with the investment plan irregardless of what the market does or is doing at that moment. And the focus, the risk-adjusted portfolio focus, is on minimizing investor risk by staying within targeted allocations. Rebalancing is not meant for the pursuit of maximizing returns, but rather minimizing investor risk and mitigating the risk that we're taking to carry out the long-term goals and objectives of the clients. So in summary, rebalancing is generally something that should be strongly considered. We believe that it leads to better long-term success by helping to manage risk, helping to stay on track and not let things get too risky or too conservative and fall out of bounds of what would be normal just because you might not be paying attention. All of these things that we discussed today, um, I work with clients on day in and day out. Uh, if you're a client and you're listening to this, a lot of what I just discussed will sound familiar. If you're a prospect considering speaking and or meeting with us, these are some of the things we will incorporate into our discussion with you as we try and determine what a good financial and investment plan might look like to help you carry out your goals and objectives. Uh, so rebalancing in today's market, good idea. Be careful of bonds and pay attention to what's happening in your portfolio. Uh, at this point, I usually ask, and I will again, uh, please, 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 if you could share this episode or others with your friends, coworkers, Post it on social media. I would appreciate the help a great deal. You can also subscribe to this podcast by going to the Elliott Wealth website, which is www.elliottwealth.com. Elliott has two L's and two T's. Uh, you could subscribe to the podcast at places like iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and the like. Um, it would mean a great deal to me. I will be back with you next week on the next episode of the Simply Financial Podcast. Thanks for listening.
The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of Sage Point Financial Incorporated and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Please note, the information being provided is strictly as a courtesy. When you link to any of the websites provided here, you are leaving this website. We make no representation as to the completeness or accuracy of the information provided at these websites, nor is the company liable for any direct or indirect technical or system issues or any consequences arising out of your access to your use of third-party technologies, websites, information, and programs made available through this website. When you access one of these websites, you are leaving our website and assume total responsibility and risk for your use of the websites you are linking to. Securities and advisory services are offered through Sage Point Financial Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, insurance services offered through Elliott Wealth Management, LLC, not affiliated with Sage Point Financial.